Hockey fans, how are you doing today? It's Talking Hockey, the Hockey Talking Show, here with you on Monday, December fourth, two thousand twenty-three. Uh, <clears throat> excuse me, Talking Hockey, the Hockey Talk Show. It's co-host Tom here with you. I got co-host Jared. You're listening to UMFM one hundred one point five in Winnipeg. You can podcast or stream us anywhere you want. Uh, co-host Jared, how are you doing today? Pretty darn good, Tommy. How are you? How are you? You got the. It seems like that that cold still lingering. It is a little bit, but you know what? I played some hockey on the weekend finally, and I was able to take a deep breath and not cough. So, like the lungs are mostly better, uh, but it, it is lingering it a little out. bit. Working yeah, it out. It is lingering. Yeah. Tis um, the season. It is. Yeah, and now that it's officially December. It is officially the Christmas season uh, for most folks, I guess. I don't know. Um, <clears throat> I always a little bit bewildered at people who bust out the Christmas decorations, you know, in November. I think that's a little premature, but mm-hmm. I, I have a, I have an ugly Christmas sweater. It's a Winnipeg Jets ugly Christmas sweater, and I'm only allowed to wear it in December. So I'm excited because now I can bust out my favorite one of my favorite sweaters so there you go yeah yeah um so yeah today's episode we're gonna this is season six episode 10 we're gonna call it the Howard chuck how did we go this many seasons and not name an episode after dale Howard chuck that's the question i put forth i don't but know you look at <clears throat> you look at the uh the past number 10s <clears throat> pardon me Listeners, my apologies. You look at the past number tens we've done. We've done Pavel Bure. I mean, pretty good. Mm-hmm. We've done Guy Lafleur, not too shabby. And uh, a personal favorite of mine, maybe one of the most handsome men in hockey broadcasting nowadays, Patrick Sharp. I think he's on. Uh, is it ESPN? He's on, uh, or is he on TNT? I think one, TN- one of the one of them. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Um. Anyway, Patrick Sharp, I always really liked the way that he played. Mm-hmm. He was very clutch, and he's got one of my favorite goal celebrations, which I called the Sharpie Shuffle. Mm-hmm. And uh, he kind of just does a real gentle fist pump with a ra- slightly raised knee. Yeah, uh, you know. But uh, but but going to today's number ten, Dale Howarchuk, Winnipeg Jet 1.0 legend. Um. He was, I mean, in the 80s, he was he was like the third, fourth best guy behind, you know, somebody named Gretzky and Lemieux and, you know, uh, Paul Coffey or Ray Bork or however you want to kind of sort things out. Mm-hmm. Howard Chuck was in that group of best players of the time, right? And uh, 
I mean, he had quite a career wearing number 10. Mm-hmm. I will I will say, at the end of his career, the last two seasons, he didn't wear number 10, which is fine because he was playing for St. Louis and Philadelphia, Philadelphia. at that time. Yeah. So, I mean, like, I don't – I remember him, honestly, I kind of remember him more as a Buffalo Sabre because, for me, mm-hmm. we're talking late, late 80s, I kind of – started collecting hockey cards, getting really into hockey. And he was still a Winnipeg Jet at that time. Mm-hmm. But then the I think it was 1990 he got traded. And uh, yeah. Yeah. So like that 90 to 94 window, 90 to 93, huge in my hockey radar when I was a kid. And he was a Buffalo Sabre at that time. So that's kind of how personally I remember him. However, what, Jared, you're, you're a, a local, if you will. I, I am and, a, uh, a local, yeah. So uh, probably, you know, with the Jets 1.0 um, being a little more prevalent in your life, mm-hmm. Howard Chuck must have loomed large, eh? Oh, yeah. I mean, he was, uh, and I mean, you know, we toss around toss around the, the, the label local legend. Uh, he, he is a bona fide local legend. Um, I was very fortunate to see him, uh, in his rookie season, first NHL game that I ever attended, uh, with my father and my grandfather sitting up in the cheapies, the, 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 in the, in the, uh, attic of the old Winnipeg arena. (laughs) We were like literally right on top of the queen's head. Oh, there, oh, we we were looking looking down at the queen. We were up so <laughs> high, um, but I saw him play against the old Boston Bruins, and yeah. uh, Howard Chuck was just an amazing player from the moment that he uh, stepped on to Winnipeg ice. Um, set a record for most points by an eighteen-year-old uh, in that rookie season. Uh, finished with a hundred and three points and uh won the calder as the the rookie of year uh and uh, you know like of ahead. all the points he had sorry mm-hmm. to interrupt but it was no, just no. A, something that something that about howard chuck right like we think of him as this highly skilled guy and mm-hmm. and whatever he was kind of like the original Sidney crosby such a mu- a bit of a mucker and a grinder too right like he well, didn't uh he didn't shy away from that stuff, you know, whereas Gretzky, you think of him, pure skill, whatever, mm-hmm. you know, like, and, and I mean, it was a different time of hockey. You had to have some physicality, couldn't be just like float around the edges, yeah. Willie Nylander style, but sure, you know, he's. Well, and what was always interesting with, with Ducky was that he, you know, like when he played for the Jets, he was obviously like number one guy first option but then when he would go and he would play at the all-star game or he'd play in the canada cup he would often play you know a secondary role because those teams were so stacked and he's playing yeah on the second line or the third line he's playing was it like go ahead sorry i was just saying was it the 87 canada cup that he was with gretzky and and that you know famous goal against russia that i think lemieux scored Mm -hmm. He, but, it was and he, but he won the faceoff that yeah, led, he won the led face to that off, goal. Set it up to Gretzky, yep. Gretzky to Lemieux. Yeah, there's your there's your game. And and you know uh, the big smiling uh, face of Larry Murphy turning around like knows exactly where the camera is. Big toothy grin. But Howard Chuck was there, and uh, like he said, he was a goal scorer, but he didn't mind mixing it up. 
mucker grinder type and uh yeah. always appreciated that um you know like he uh he he did have uh, a healthy accumulation of the pims throughout uh 740 yeah. career career penalty minutes um you know not too shabby not too shabby i mean he had to retire young too like he didn't 34 really, years you know, old he was yeah he had you know and it's interesting too because it was a hip issue that made mm-hmm. him kind of retire right mm-hmm. and then nowadays you look at look uh, patrick came coming back uh from hip surgery double hip surgery whatever there's yeah. a few players brad marchand had it uh mm-hmm. you know and then it's to varying degrees of success marchand looks like he's doing okay but baxstrom on uh washington had it and he's pretty much done right? pretty much so done yeah it, it's i guess it's not you know 100 percent yet but the health uh technology surgery all that has come a long way since uh howard chuck's days of playing yeah um, well and so he was uh, a, a a junior hockey legend uh yeah. his uh cornwall royals won back-to-back Memorial Cups. Second year in junior, he scored 81 goals and 183 points. Uh, and uh, 81 that, goals in, like, yeah, how many games? 81 goals in 72 games. 183 points and had 69 penalty minutes. And so that year, he was named... Uh, uh, Quebec uh, Major Junior First Team All-Star. He was the Canadian Major Junior Player of the Year. He was the Memorial Cup MVP. And then, subsequent, was selected first overall in the 19, that, 1981 entry draft. Is that the Jets' only ever first ever overall pick? I think I, so, eh? I believe so. I mean, and so Jets 1.0, 2.0, whatever. Yeah. And I that, mean, if you don't count, if you don't count the Thrashers, because they did have well, a we, do, one we don't, pick. we don't, no, we don't, we no. don't, and and I mean they they botched that one. I don't count one. Phoenix either. They like, botched that one. Patrick Stefan, nice, yeah. uh, nice job. Well, yeah, exactly. Uh, uh, that, and you know what? Uh, the the Phoenix Coyotes or the Arizona Coyotes or whatever you want to call them, mm-hmm. <laughs> hilariously retired Howard Chuck's number. Did you know which that? Which is which is ridiculous. <laughs> Makes no sense. But hey. That's, well, you got to do whatever you got to do, uh, Arizona. Right. I mean, and that that 1981 draft is just absolutely stacked. You had Howard Chuck. You had Ron Francis went fourth overall. Grant, well, he's another number ten that we could. Yeah. Grant uh, Fuhr. Next year, Ronnie. Grant Fuhr went eighth overall. Uh, yeah. Al McInnes went fifteenth. Uh, Man, Chris Chelios overall. Chris Chelios. Uh, went uh, went later on, and a uh, lot of really great players. Chelios went 40th overall. Uh, to, you got to uh, think Montreal. when McInnes and Chelios go that late, there's some teams with uh, regrets, you know, that passed them by. Oh, yeah. But, uh, no, that's a heck of a draft year. Um, yeah. It'd be kind of fun to do a bit of a deep dive on, on that. Um, let's, uh, let's quickly run down... Howard Chuck's career stats here. Yeah. Regular season games, 1,188, 518 career goals, 891 assists for 1,409 career regular season points. Mm-hmm. Uh, playoffs, add on another 99 career points in 97 playoff games. Mm-hmm. Um, he uh, <clears throat> he was a, a career minus 98. Um, well, that's all good. 
Well, I mean, <laughs> uh, you know, like he bal- uh, plus he, minus doesn't matter. He, <laughs> he bal- plus minus is 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 purely a construct, Tommy. Um, yeah. And you know, the thing that's always interested me as well, and I mean, it's not really an interesting fact, but when you, so obviously you talked about it. Uh, he was he was traded to the Buffalo Sabers at the 1990 NHL entry draft, and. Often when a superstar player is traded, um, you know, you don't always get dollar for dollar value. But the Jets made out quite all right. Like they got yeah, Phil, they got Phil, Phil Housley back and, and they, Housley set up basically every single one of Solani's 76 goals in his rookie year. And they so, got they got current Jets associate coach Scotty Arneal, who was oh yeah. who was a serviceable player. And they got Buffalo's first round draft choice that year, which turned out to be Keith Kachuk. So oh, you yeah, know yeah. it it, it, it kind of worked all right out. there. It kind of yeah. worked out. And I mean, and Buffalo, you know, got a a few pretty good seasons out of uh, Howard Chuck before I think maybe some of his early health issues with the hip yeah. started kicking in. Um, yeah, and but I mean, obviously, uh, you know, he uh, after his playing days. Uh, had a pretty uh, decent coaching career in, yeah. in the OHL uh, with the Barry Colts and uh, coached one uh, young Mark Shifley, who it's yeah, kind of he... interesting how the, the tie from Jets 1.0 to 2.0, right, is Scheif was the first, uh, first draft pick of uh, this new iteration, and it was yeah, always kind of neat. When the Jets drafted Shifley... Mm-hmm. Um, I think it was a little bit off the board, if you will. A lot of people yeah. were thinking Couturier, something like that. But uh, you got to think, oh, well, Howard Chuck must have had some influence on that, right? Like there, oh, there yeah. must have been a little something there. And, and of course, then, uh, you know, Howard Chuck passed away a couple years ago, uh, you know, at age 57, I think he was. Yeah. So, um, following a battle you know, with then, cancer, they, they, they put yeah, and then they they put the uh, the statue up. Was that last year? Uh, it, Prior maybe to two yeah. years ago now, uh, and um, yeah, last year, and yeah. it's and it's, it, pretty it's a awesome. great looking statue. It's yeah. a, it's a it's a it's a I love it. I think it's a great looking statue, and um, you know that the unveiling ceremony that they had, you know, Shifley spoke, and, mm-hmm. and it was it was all like yeah, put a nice little kind of. Uh, bow on that transition from Jets 1.0 to 2.0, and mm-hmm. um, we're well, pretty much out of time for this segment. We got to throw to a song. Yeah, the song we're going to throw to. I mean, there's only one choice when you're talking Dale Howarchuk. You got to throw to the song called "Lays Dale Howarchuk" by the band Lays Dale Howarchuk, yeah. which is a a, a Quebecois band. I think they're from Montreal. Yeah. Um, I mean, there's not much to say about this one other than here it is on Talking Hockey, the Hockey Talking Show. J'allume ma dernière cigarette, je débouche ma dernière bière tablette, je fais jamais de joke et clit à pète, mais je la bouge ridicule, gros ça me porte à gauche, l'entrain à droite, je suis que c'est bon pour sa palette, si je me ramasse tout seul, parle, je te jure, je vais te claquer, c'est top net, car je ne suis plus si fin, c'est bien, moi je suis déïla, ouch, car je ne suis plus si fin, c'est bien, moi je suis déïla, ouch, ok. Je cherche une femme avec des belles fesses Juste pour une nuit, puis fuck le reste Moi je suis sans souci, je suis sans 
prends plus ma carte pour les emplois, je vais jouer dehors même s'il fait frais, je rendu chum avec Ginette, le louche vent du clean, rendu correct, permet du pitot dans le gâteau, y'a regardé dehors, il fait pas bon, en face une grosse tour à bureau, ça que le stipulant. That was uh, Les Dale Howard Chuck with their song, Les Dale Howard Chuck. Um, you know, we're talking about local legend Dale Howard Chuck in that first segment. Uh, let's let's segue now to talk a little bit about our current local legends, your Winnipeg Jets. Um, the Jets uh, had a big win to snap their three-game losing streak. They beat the Chicago Blackhawks 3-1 on uh, Saturday afternoon. And uh, in the meantime, uh, set a season high attendance uh, yeah. number so far. Um, I think they had about fourteen thousand plus in the building, which uh, is a is an improvement on the twelve or so thousand that they've been drawing so far. Yeah, second I mean, second game in a row uh, that yeah. they that they've set the mark uh, against uh, McDavid and friends when they were in. Uh, yeah, tough, tough game, uh, but. Uh, yeah, you got to figure that folks uh, love a Saturday matinee. Uh, get out there, have have a couple of beverages, and uh, go home, have have a nap afterwards. <laughs> but but also, you know, it's the first time that uh, the league's uh, shiny new toy, Connor McDavid, came to town and Connor uh, Bedard or Connor Bedard, Bedard. Yeah. yeah. Get my Connors. Well, I did like how the Jets were marketing this set of games. It was uh, our Connors versus their Connors, or something like that. And, oh, that's uh, clever! You, know, you, you marketing got your folks, Hella Bucks and Kyle Connors against against your uh, Connor Bedards, your Connor McDavid's. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, it was. It was a. The Jets need to figure out a way to maybe score a few goals. Uh, they've been a little bit. Um, stuck in the mud as far as that goes, but I think the big the big news today that mm-hmm. came out uh, here on Monday is that uh, uh, Nino Niederreiter has signed a three year contract extension with the Winnipeg Jets, and uh, I'm going to say that's pretty exciting news. Uh, El Nino, uh, he's sticking around, and I mean, it's um, it's. Like, if you're a Jets fan, you, you kind of got to love this. I mean, the term is good. He's 31 years old now-ish. Uh, so for three years, you know, it'll be 34 or 35 when this contract's done. Mm-hmm. Um, $4 million bucks, it's fine. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's it's probably pretty good for what he brings. That third line of him, Lowry, Appleton, that is, in my opinion, the Jets' best line. Uh they might not score the most goals, but like they're impactful every single game, almost every single shift. You you know they they do what a third line kind of should, mm-hmm. and uh, yeah, I mean there's there's not much to dislike about this announcement from the the Jets today. Well, and so last year when Niederreiter was acquired from Nashville at the trade deadline, 
the Jets were kind of in a in a weird space, right? Yeah. Were they going to make the playoffs? Weren't they, or were they just going to kind of sneak in, which they ended up doing? Um, but people were like, okay, so you're giving up a second round draft pick for Nino Niederreiter. He's bounced around. He's 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 been kind of a traveling NHL salesman, and uh, you know he's never quite lived up to uh, the fifth overall pick that he was with the Islanders way back when. Uh, I'm gonna say I really really enjoy watching Nino Niederreiter play um, as a as a career third and fourth liner myself. Um, I like the guys who like to be kind of a, a pain in the other team's uh, rear, so to, so to speak. The guys who go into the corners and muck it about and stand in front of the net and jostle and push people and, you know, generally just kind of um, bring a little bit of a grit to the game and, and guys who are yeah, hard to play he's, against. He's got grit, for sure. And I don't think that it's that he's um, particularly nasty, you know, but, like, his penalty minutes are never... No. huge or insane um so he play he plays clean but he plays hard yeah. and and i think he's probably one of those guys that's a real pain in the butt to play against absolutely you know he's just tenacious on the puck and stuff and you see that on the forecheck that line forechecks so well yeah and uh you know what the other thing is too though nino's got hands and i mean then you know he's a fifth overall pick like you said back in 2010 mm-hmm. and uh he's he's got over 200 career goals now he's he's played 833 career games got 211 career goals he has scored 20 or more i think five or six times now yep um so far this season he's got six goals in 23 games so that'll be pretty close to 20 if he kind of stays at this pace yeah might not make it or he might go on a heater and score a bunch of goals and you know we'll see but i think you know, for the next few years to have that kind of guarantee of him being in your lineup Mm -hmm. because he's a guy who doesn't really miss a lot of games either. I don't think. No. Um, he had, he had a couple seasons there with, with a few, uh, you know, injuries or whatever, but, uh, well, it, if, if go ahead, sorry. Well, I was just gonna say to help serve that sort of transition over the next couple of years of, you know, Perfetti's in the lineup now, but, Mm -hmm. uh, coming, you know, we've got, guys like McGrory and Barlow that were just drafted. You got your Lamberts and Lucius's, mm-hmm. your Salmonella's or whatever the defenseman in Sweden <laughs> the, there is. I think, that, I think <laughs> that's a that's a food related disease. Yeah. <laughs> that's that's my that's my dog Cherry coming out where I just like, I can't even think of these guys' names. Yeah. Or I like I can think of it but I can't Yeah. I uh, think that's I, I do it with uh, Nemestikov all handling the time. I had unwashed to think, chicken. Yeah. yeah Salmonella. I, you don't yeah. want to get that one. No, you don't want that. Um, I, but... think, I think what I was going to say for Niederreiter too, I love the fact that he has embraced this city and he wants mm. he wants to be here, right? Like he's, yeah. he's talked about how he wanted to resign and he talked about how, you know, he really loves playing here, that the fans are uh, invested and, and, you know, like, it's one, been one of the the sort of the the log lines this year is oh well the fans aren't coming back to the barn and I think that we're slowly seeing that happen, but I think that you know what Nina Ryder has 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 seen and has astutely pointed out is that Winnipeg fans are hockey fans. If you perform, mm-hmm. you play. 
up to a certain level, then we will support. And, and you know, it's the city does get kind of a, a bad rap uh, around the league when you see those player polls that it's cold and it's dark and it's not a real fun place to live, which, you know, as a couple of guys who are, who are living here and have, uh, have chosen to be here, it ain't that bad, you know? Yeah. Uh, and, uh, and it's cool to see players say good things about this city. Right, because yeah. there's been enough guys over the years who have said not so nice things, and yeah. you know he's jumping in, he's giving back to the community, um, he's uh, sponsoring a uh, a team at the Winnipeg Jets Hockey Academy, and he outfitted them all with gear, and is going to be uh, sort of mentoring them throughout the year. So that's that's really cool to see um, professional professional athletes who are. Uh, not not jerks, you know. Yeah, <laughs> giving back. Well, he seems like a pretty cool guy. I was checking out his Instagram. You know, he climbs the Swiss Alps and has some mountainside picnics, and yeah. he's uh, you know, he drives an electric vehicle, and you know, whatever. Like he seems like he's, uh, he's got a good his dude. He seems like he's got his head in the right place, and um, yeah, I'm excited to have him as a Jet for the next few years. You know, he played in Minnesota for six-ish seasons, mm-hmm. which, uh, you know, I think probably is the, in a lot of ways, the American version of Winnipeg, right? It's, sure. um, we're pretty similar cities in, in a lot of ways. So, um, <clears throat> you know, I don't think, uh, that, that it would be too big of an, a shock for him to come to a place like Winnipeg. Like he's kind of, well, you know, and I mean, Switzerland is a pretty winter friendly Place. Well, exactly. <laughs> right? You know, and you know, if you're up a, there if you're a mountains. hockey player, I think uh, playing in a hockey town is probably something that you know uh, is is exciting, right? And um, you know, so so the Jets are able to to sort of check something off their Christmas wish list, I guess. You know, if yep. if signing Niederreiter was on the wish list, well, they've they've. Uh, Given given us it a, off, and given so, us a bit of an early Christmas present. Yeah, and and so like, what other kinds of things are on the Jets' Christmas wish list this year? Um, you know, I think uh, there's a couple things that come to mind. The special teams, uh, particularly maybe the penalty kill. The power play's been hot and cold. Yeah. Um, you'd like to see it a little more consistent. The penalty kill, however, in my opinion, has not been nearly good enough. They give up key goals at mm-hmm. bad times. The uh, the goal against the Oilers in the final, oh. you know, couple minutes there. You just know Edmonton when they get that power play late in the game. You're like, well, there it is. And we're sitting got- there. We were sitting there. Ethan and I were sitting there watching that. Right, and it's just like they're up one nothing. Holding on, holding on, holding yeah. on, and Edmonton gets that power play, and and he just he got up and he walked out because he yeah, he knew yeah. what you was know coming. What's coming. Right? You know what's coming. You can only keep the and guys like that down for so long, for sure. And that was a hard fought game, but the Jets' lack of uh, finishing, I suppose, yeah. uh, cost them in that one. And so I think maybe you know, and that's been a bit of a trend over the last 
little while in their last four or five games, they've only been averaging like one and a half goals per game and that ain't going to cut it. So maybe one of the wishes uh, would be some more goals. Some um, more goals. I think more goals would always be, would always be good. Uh, yeah. Just improved, improved uh, special teams play, right? Yeah. Um, if a team wants to, uh, I guess, make a run for the cup, they have to be sound on their PK, and when you have the man advantage, you have to take advantage, right? Like, I would love to see a situation that develops where, you know, people talk about uh, about the Jets in the same way, knowing that, yeah. hey, if we're taking penalties against this team, they will convert. They will take advantage of that. Um, right. Right now, the Jets' power play is ranked 18th in the league at 19.2% uh, efficiency. Mm-hmm. So they're right in there with Nashville and the LA Kings as far as, you know, who they're uh, with, ranked with in the middle of the pack there. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, the, the penalty kill, they're, they're uh, a lot closer t- uh, to, the, to the bottom. Uh, they have uh, just sorted it and lost it oh they're there uh 26th in the league with a 73.9 so you know montreal is also 73.9 um the teams all below them are not playoff teams you know so you gotta have a better penalty kill when you you know if you want to be a a playoff team so that's for sure on my Winnipeg Jets Christmas wish list, that's the number one thing would be. I'd love to see that PK get a little bit better. Mm-hmm. I don't know what changed between this year and last year. Last year, they had a very good penalty kill. Uh, is Saku Menelainen the guy that made all the difference? <laughs> you know? Um, yeah. If so, maybe we give him a call back over there in Finland or wherever he went. And we say, hey, Saku, uh, <laughs> I don't know. You want to come kill a penalty or two? I don't know. <laughs> Uh, you know, the other thing that I would like to see, uh, under, under the Jets, uh, holiday tree is, uh, some more starts for, uh, Laurent yeah. Brossois because yeah. I mean, he, uh, he has been okay this year. Um, yeah. but I think going forward, uh, if things keep rolling the way that they are, um, we're going to need Connor Hellebuck come playoff time. We're going to need him fresh as a daisy. And the only way that that happens is if he gets a night off here and there. Uh, yeah, exactly. And like, because the last several seasons, you look at it, and by the time playoffs come around, Hellebuck's 65-plus games played. You know, if you go on any sort of playoff run, mm-hmm. he's going to be in net every night. Mm-hmm. You're looking it's, – it's, it's too many games in today's NHL, mm-hmm. the way that the science is and everything about it. I know that he loves to play, sure. you know, but it, it's not, it's not the year 2000 anymore. Martin Brodeur going every single night. No, you need to have a bit of a tandem and Brossois basically, he's got to pick up his game a little more and it's, it can't be easy coming off the bench, No, you know, but like he, he, they got to find a way to get him going and get him into more games if only to limit uh, Hellebuck's games, but the points are so valuable in the standings that it's like, you can't, you know, you can't afford a a general manager, a coach, whatever, can't afford uh, 
playing a goalie who's not performing because that costs you wins, you know, Edmonton Oilers, Jack Campbell, exhibit A, right? Right. And I think that, you know, um, when Brossois left uh, after his first stint with the Jets, right, he was very much a uh, kind of uh, quote-unquote backup goalie. Yeah. He got opportunities in Vegas uh, during the cup run last year that I think were somewhat unexpected. And, and, and I mean, I think that if you look at what Vegas did last year, they demonstrated that you need all of your attendees ready to go. You need mm-hmm. guys who are ready to step up at, mm-hmm. at a moment's notice. And I think that, you know, it's kind of tough for him to get any sort of reps or or rhythm going when he's only playing against the quote unquote bad teams, and uh, you know he lets in a goal or two because he's he's a little bit uh, cold, and then people kind of pile on and there's like wow oh, why why do yeah. we bring in this guy right yeah. you know so it would be nice it would be nice and I know that uh, Rick Bonus is is an old school coach he likes to ride the hot hand but. Yeah. I think that um, long term, getting uh, they got to have some sort of better rotation to sure, get sure different games. So we're pretty much out of time in this segment here. So we, um, you know, we were talking, uh, going all over town here, talking about the Jets. We're going to throw to a song by April Wine, yeah, called "All Over all Town." Over town. Um, S- yeah, Miles Goodwin, lead singer of April Wine, uh, passed away. Uh, over the weekend, and uh, April Wine is a bona fide uh, can rock hockey classic band, right? Yeah, uh, they're on. Come hang uh, out. Come hang out in the Seals dressing room sometime. You'll hear "Ooh, what a night!" at least twice. Yes. Uh, <laughs> so we're not going to so, play that one, but no, we'll uh, go. With, we'll go with "All Over Town." So, uh, yeah, right here on hockey. What's our show called? <laughs> Talking talkin hockey. hockey, the hockey talking show. Someone said you was running round like your own world. It's no secret you're the talk of the town, you know the best of the girls. I don't care. 
All right, that was April Wine and their international smash hit all over town. Um, speaking of international smash hits, Los Angeles, the capital of the entertainment world. Um, so the LA Kings, uh, you know, they're kind of like proving themselves to be a very real deal here this hockey season. Uh Sunday night, they have faced off against the Colorado Avalanche, who fancy themselves to be a, a Western Conference heavyweight. Mm-hmm. I tell you, Jared, I I don't know if you caught that game, but I watched it. Um, you know, uh, most of it. I, I missed uh, a little bit, but uh, it's it, it seemed to me that LA just had their way with Colorado. Yeah, Colorado's got some speed. Sure, they were missing uh, Kale McCarr which, you know, he's one of the best players in the league. Not easy to replace that guy, but still, it's a solid team. Uh, but L.A. just, man, they just come in waves. They're fast. They're um, they're big. They, you know, they play a very structured system. They don't give up much. And uh, the big question about L.A. was, is Cam Talbot good enough to be a goalie on a team that has some hopes and aspirations and so far so good. I mean, the, just the, I just, I just wanted to touch on that and say, you know what, LA, like they've, they've got it going on this year. Um, well, and so we don't typically get to see a lot of Kings games because of uh, the West coast, uh, you know, late start times. And uh, good, upstanding citizens such as us, we're uh, we're normally sleeping. Uh, <laughs> but um, you know, my familiarity with them this year has been obviously the game, game, games against the Jets, and uh, they took it to us twice. Yeah, that was, they they played Winnipeg early in the season here. Yeah, uh, and you know, beat the Jets pretty handily. That was the game Velarde got injured. Mm-hmm. And did they play them again? I thought they just played them the once so far. Um, but, uh, you know, they, 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 they're they looking good. And uh, Captain Andre Kopitar, uh, one of my favorite players, to be honest, ever. Like, not ever, but like, you know, uh, in the, of my, I don't want to say my generation, but like oh. this current crop of of. Uh, NHLers. He's I just been love the way for he, a long time. Yeah, eh? I love I love the way he plays. Effortless, smooth. Um, you know, I think he'd probably have a couple more selkies if it weren't for a guy named Patrice Bergeron. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, he's a he's a heck of a player, and he just set the LA Kings franchise record for assists. So, uh, thirty six yeah. years old, eighteen year career. He's been playing since he was eighteen. Very similar. To the guy uh, to we talked talk, yeah. talked about off the top, thirteen hundred and thirteenth game, set that assist mark, breaking the long, long time record by uh, NHL legend uh, Le Petit Tigre Marcel Dion, who mm. was a real beauty. Uh, the old uh, purple and gold, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, him with uh, was it uh, Steve Shutt and Charlie Simmer. Charlie Simmer had a good mustache yeah, back yeah, back in did. the day. Um, you know, we don't need to talk about uh, uh, PL PL Dubois 
because you know what's funny though but like i mean he's he's a polarizing player a little bit here obviously obviously um but you know i he, i do i do like him as a player but sure in the in the couple game i've watched a few kings games this year mm-hmm. um he's not been super impactful in my opinion he hasn't no. played the way that he should mm-hmm. play mm-hmm. to be uh impactful like when he plays with that edge you know he can be and we saw it we saw it at times here in winnipeg yeah but um he hasn't really done that and then but but i mean you look at uh quentin byfield man and he's a part of that 2020 draft class that uh you know cole perfetti was in Mm -hmm. and i mean he's just coming to life now he's playing with kopitar right you got that guy on your line and he's making things happen but you look and um Look at so 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 Dubois out of the entire Kings team. Dubois is one of two players who are currently at a minus. Um, mm. You know, twenty-one games. He's a minus two. The only other is Kevin Fiala, who not necessarily known for his defensive prowess either. No, he's, he's super he's good, mi- and I think Fiala three. and Dubois are even playing on a line together. Well, and you look at look at like the wealth of of riches well you look at philip dano who is so underrated philip yeah. philip dano man that guy is so underrated he's in a way like i mean he's their adam lowry but he's not doesn't have the size of lowry but just right. the tenaciousness he leads that third line and that 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 third line is is a beauty for the kings so you've got um, dano you've got dubois you've got kopitar and Adrian Kempe, who I think yeah. is is very very underrated and is currently yeah, really leading good. the team uh, in scoring with twenty two points. Yeah, yeah. It's, uh, yeah. And Drew Doughty, I mean the, that guy's having himself a, a a good year as well. And I mean, um, I think Doughty was so impactful in his early in his career, and then we kind of forgot about him. But I mean, he's just steady as she goes. He's been he's been really good. So that's your. Uh, that's your L.A. Kings talk. I guess what I wanted to say about that is like, yes, L.A. is the real deal. But what I w- kind of wanted to say was I going into the game, I, I expected it to be um, a bit more of a closer game. And I mm-hmm. think Colorado, if we're looking at Christmas Christmas wish lists, man, would they ever wish to get Landeskog back? But that ain't happening until. Uh, well, and, and like, I mean, also wishing that this is this Makar thing isn't yeah. a long-term thing because yeah. you're already missing Samuel Girard who yeah. who's stepped away for personal reasons and uh yeah like Lankinen as well is is hurt right now and I think that he brings yeah. a lot to the table kind of in that bottom yeah. bottom six so yeah it's tough it's tough I've got a soft spot for the Avs going back to my Quebec Nordique fandom so right yeah yeah no and and they're a they're a team I like to watch they got so many good players you know like McKinnon's amazing mm-hmm. uh Rantanen is is a beast and and then McCarr and whatever but they're um yeah they're I mean they're still doing good but yep. they're I just watching that game last night I thought there's they can't no LA is the team yeah <laughs> they're yeah We'll have so, to we'll have to monitor that. Yeah, for sure. Uh, so before we wrap up the show here today, we've got a we've got a few minutes left. I thought maybe we better we better get our garage league of hockey roundup going. It's now. why people listen, really. It's the weekend <laughs> update. Uh, yeah. So 
a couple garage league games on the weekend. It was double header weekend. Um, typically you got your Thursday game, your Saturday game, uh, this week, uh, both games were on Saturday and, uh, yeah, there was, uh, uh, there was kind of either end of the spectrum as far as, uh, results go. The one the, the early game was, uh, <clears throat> I won't say a blowout, but, uh, it wasn't close. <laughs> it was a 5-1 win for the spare parts. They beat Busted Twines. And uh, and then in the second game, it was our Winter Club Seals, and we we uh, snuck out with a 2-1 victory, a tight, tight game uh, against Les Mitten Malade. When you're looking at the, the standings, uh, it's the spare parts who are on top of the league uh, heap. And, uh, you know, they played like it on Saturday. And um, and then uh, Le Mitan Malad uh, barely holding on to that second spot because with the with the victory, the Seals, we kind of inched a little bit closer to them. Um, one, but point, still, one point still, back. Yeah, still back of them. So uh, things are tight. You look at uh, the standings and, and, and yeah, they're, they're tight. They're, even uh, Busta... Uh, Busta Twines, who are in fourth with a three, six, and one record, you know, prior to their loss on Saturday, they had won two in a row and they're sort of coming on a little bit. And uh, um, so it's uh, it's anybody's game. It's anybody's game. And so uh, the spare parts, like he said, uh, they're on a bit of a heater right now. They've won four in a row and uh, they uh, will take on. Uh, I believe they take on uh, Le Mitem Lad this week. Uh, only one game. Saturday, yeah, we'll have uh, to go down and check it out, and maybe we'll broadcast Thursday. from the rink as well. Hey. Yeah, yeah. People seem to that's that was a big hit. That was a big hit with the listeners, I'm sure. <laughs> um, so uh, you know your favorite uh, your favorite club in intrepid listener, the Winter Club Seals. We had our game rescheduled sadly, to January 6th. Um, uh, so no game for us this week, Saturday big night. Big layoff. Yeah, yeah, big layoff. But Then there's the Christmas break, uh, so another... Yeah, so we've got, be we've got slim one, pickings. one game left December 16th against these aforementioned spare parts. Uh, I will uh, alert you just so you can get your uh, January uh, 2024 calendar marked up. I was looking... We play on Saturday night, every Saturday in January. There you go. Yeah, there you go. Hockey night in Winnipeg, baby. It's yeah. uh, You gotta you gotta showcase those top squads, and uh, apparently <laughs> uh, we are uh, one of those top squads. So we're the Toronto Maple Leafs of the <laughs> oh Jesus! Crash League. Please, please don't do that. <laughs> yeah, no. It's just prime time all the time. Right? Yeah. Like, um, uh, do you have a post game report though? I unfortunately did not make this this weekend i was looking forward to the doubleheader uh because sure, yeah, uh, that, there's good times uh had by all afterwards yes a little yeah, there was, little there fun and frivolity of, gr- yeah garage league celebration uh, all the all the teams got together afterwards and there was a pretty good turnout to guys and uh <coughs> there were excuse me there were some beverages and some uh snacks and uh some laughs uh the spare parts really uh <laughs> they they showed up 
all wearing uh you know hawaiian shirts uh so they had their whole team look going on all except one guy of course uh and then um so he was made an example of and forced to go topless uh but <laughs> no it was uh, it was a good time uh uh kind of a fun i don't know like part of the part of the league's charm in a way you know like mm-hmm. uh you know, you're not going down at ASHL. Sure, they've got the lounge upstairs, but you're not mingling with the rest of the teams. But that's part of uh, what a draft league can do. As mm-hmm. you know, you've played with guys who are on other teams. You're going to play with other guys in future years, and and so it's uh, part of the part of the sportsmanship of it all. And uh, it was pretty nice. It was a good time. Uh, stayed up way too late, <laughs> so. Um, yeah. That's, that's always the mark mark of yeah. a good, good Saturday night. So you're yeah. feeling it the next day. Yeah, but that game, the game, the actual game report that I can report on. I, I mean, I watched a little bit of the game before us, but um, you played, as far as our game played. goes, man, a 2-1 finish. It was 0-0 halfway through the third period. And we're on the bench like, what kind of beer league game is 0-0? Like, what is going on? Both goaltenders, outstanding. I'm going to go ahead and say that our team probably had the control of play, better chances. We deserved more than two goals. It took Danny Margarita, uh, an insane shift by Danny Margarita to get us on the board. And he goes and he he had one, two, three, buries it on the fourth chance he had. on Like, you know, he picking up his own rebound, doing whatever, and finally was able to bury it. And then... The same shift, they, they score. We're like, yeah, stay out there. And the same shift, he sets up on a beautiful pass. He sets up uh, neighbor Pete uh, for the game-winning goal. And, uh, you know, then we held on. And, of course, they were they were able to get on the board late with uh, they had their goalie pulled and the extra attacker. And they were able to sneak one past our attendee, Sean. So, yeah, it was a heck of a game by both goaltenders. And, um yeah, uh, not often you see a two-one beer league game. <laughs> well, league game. and and I mean definitely shout out uh, to the goalies, uh, goalie Sean for the Winter Club Seals. Uh, I mean, we're biased, but best in the biz, best in the biz. Yeah, uh, he is, well, you he is feel fantastic. pretty confident. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and um, you know he was he 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 was saying afterwards that uh, we were making it easy for him. So you like to hear that. Um, yeah. Uh, Cause we, they, they've got some guys who can, can uh, play score. offense on that team. And, yeah. and uh, we were able to limit them for a large part. So, you know, um, job well done by. Uh, <laughs> yeah. There you go. So. And so, uh, yeah, we'll figure out something for Thursday and, mm-hmm. uh, and we'll get back to you uh, next week. Cause yeah, you know, this is, uh, we this is run, a seg- so. segment that people like. So yeah, and we got to run, and uh, so we 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 played an April Wine song earlier uh, in in memory of their uh, late singer, and so another music notable passed away this weekend. Uh, Shane McGowan from Irish band The Pogues, and uh, are you a Pogues yeah, fan? I mean, yeah, I mean, uh, I I wouldn't say I'm like a super fan. I don't know their entire catalog. I like them. Uh, mm-hmm. They've obviously got a few hits that I really like. I mean, we got our Christmas tree this weekend. I came home. I played Fairy Tale in New York. So, yeah. very nice, very nice. <laughs> um, you know, they, they're uh, they're a band that's uh, pretty good. 
pretty good. And I know that there are people that really love that band, and I don't necessarily count myself as one of those people, but for no reason other than that, they're just a band that I've never really listened to a ton, you know? For sure. Um, well, yeah. and they're a band that I've always appreciated because, uh, A, Shane McGowan was a character, to say the least, mm. uh, but they married uh, two fine traditions together, punk rock and uh, traditional folk. So yeah. there, there is nary a band that can do that sort of thing, and the Pogues were certainly one of them. Uh, and so the song that we're going to go out on uh, is a shout to uh, the kind of look that Winnipeg is sporting these days. Uh, it's kind of it's, it's a little grimy, although today is very nice. The frost the frost has has added uh, some nicety to it. Uh, <laughs> but this is uh, a traditional Irish song called "Dirty Old Town" from an album called "Rum Sodomy in the Lash." So. Uh, <laughs> There you go. Enjoy that. So right here on Talking Hockey, the hockey talking show. Thanks so much for tuning in. We'll catch you next week and keep your stick on the ice. But my love, by the guesswork's wall, dream the dream by the old canal. I kiss my girl by the factory wall, dirty old town, dirty old town. Drifting across the moon Cats are prowling on their beams Springs a girl from the streets at night Dirty old Oh
let my love by the gasworks wall dream the dream by the old canal I kissed my girl by the factory wall dirty old town Dirty old town Dirty old town Dirty old town 